0: Hey Storygoers, this is Eric here. I just wanted to give a warning before we start. The game that we are covering today is rated M for Mature. So if you can play rated M games legally, by all means, please listen. If not, please get parental permission first. The episode has use of gun violence and swearing and depictions of blood. So if that is not your jam, then please, by all means, skip this episode. And go to one of our other episodes. They're all fantastic. This is part one. Part two will come out shortly after. We hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, let the show begin. Hello, storygoers, and welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Cartridge, the video game storytelling podcast. I am one of your co hosts, Eric Penrod. And I will be the host, Ryan Bauer. Ryan, we're back for another full video game story. It's been a while. Our last one was Spyro, which feels like an eternity <laughs> ago. So yeah. I'm glad we're back in this context. But, but before we get into all that, Ryan, how are you? And What have you been playing?
1: Uh, I am doing great. I've been on vacation all this week, Woo! and then I have vacation next week. So it's been really wonderful to Woo! just play lots of video games, go to the botanical Gardens, and just have the most wonderful time. Um, hey. And as far as I've been playing, so many things um, We've both been playing a bunch of Deathloop Which is just mm-hmm. such a blast Such a wonderful so game good. And I can't wait to talk more about it I don't know when or how But I, I would like to talk more about it somehow But it is just such a fun experience Arcane is, is so wonderful um, And mm-hmm. then after, after Deathloop I kind of finished Deathloop I've been on vacation, I've been playing it so much I finished Deathloop, um, <laughs> at least for the first time And now I've come back to Dishonored I've been playing a little bit of that and then I bought Death Loop and a game called The Forgotten City, which are both time loop games. Forgotten City is actually a I don't know if you've heard of it at all, Eric, but it is a mm. a mod that was made for Skyrim that was then turned into a full game where you're you're kind of you're trapped underground and there's this golden rule. If you break it, everyone in the city dies and you have to figure out how to stop that from happening. Um, oh, it's like this really interesting time warp mystery game. That's it's pretty fun. That being said, playing that and then playing Deathloop immediately after made me realize all the bad things about the Forgotten City and how incredible Deathloop is. But it's still very fun. It's still <laughs> good for like a mystery time loop game, it's it's still really good and it's pretty cheap. And then as well, um, my partner, I finally convinced her to try Opera Den, which is still probably one of my very favorite games ever. Um, I wow. love it so much. So I've kind of convinced her to play it. So she's now going through trying to solve the mystery of. The fates of the 60 crew members of the Oberdin, and it, it's just such a wonderful game we're playing it on switch which is is uh, like a, a pretty good experience as well um mm-hmm. but yeah and and then on top of that another time loop game uh I n- never finished the outer wilds which is the game where like the every 20 minutes the sun explodes and destroys the solar system you have to fly around and solve the mystery of what's happening and stop it um and um, there's DLC coming up for it like next week apparently. So I was like, oh, oh right, wow. I should go which I don't understand how there's DLC for this game that is um kind of its own perfect little experience, but we'll see. I'm excited to see what that is. But yeah, so so many things. Uh but Eric, how are you? What have you been playing?
0: I'm good. I it's been a week. I'm so happy to get to vacation. I think like you've inspired me to try and figure out how I could take a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Honestly. It's so it's, it's so been good. A- i bet i it sounds like just a beautiful thing like a beautiful dream just to yeah oh it, feels so, it sounds so good but i'm good it's it's i'm gonna enjoy this weekend i'm not doing anything this weekend i'm gonna enjoy every minute of it besides of course you recording this fantastic episode that we have today of course. um as for what i've been playing you were totally right ryan i've been playing death also i've not beaten it but i've gotten a good chunk in i just am so hooked i love it arcane studios cannot make a bad game They've never made a bad game. If you say that they have, then I'm convinced you've never actually played an arcane game. So uh, you can try to convince me otherwise, but I just don't. I just, I don't know. Dishonored, Dishonored 2, Prey, Deathloop. Like it just. I'm a little. I'm, I am low key, slightly nervous about their newest game. I forget what it's called off the top of my head. I know oh, we saw the, it semi recently. Yeah. The, the Vampire one or vampire whatever. Vampire Left it is. for
1: Dead looking game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I am slightly worried about it. That's just because it's such a huge departure from what. Not huge, but it's, it seems like a pretty big departure from what they usually do. So, but I mean, then again, they've made fantastic games already, so I I feel confident with them. Um, but yeah, a lot of Deathloop. My partner and I have been playing a lot of Unraveled too, and it's actually a recommendation from our good friend Kai. And what's interesting is that it's a lot, so it's a lot of fun. I think it's fantastic. If you have someone you want to play with, it's a lot of fun to kind of work together to figure out the puzzles. The puzzles aren't too crazy. Um, but they're not too simple either. You really have to kind of think it through. My cats are, are fighting. Uh, think it through, but it's really rewarding once you get there. The only negative part is if you own any cats that like string, and they are awake when you play the game because our cat Ollie just, when we're throwing string and trying to sell puzzles, he and he's awake and he sees the TV, we have a pretty big-sized TV, he'll just run up and sit right in front of the TV bat at all the string that is not actually real in front of him and it makes for a very difficult way to try and beat a game about two yarn people so <laughs> besides that though fantastic game and we're also still playing Road 96 i play it while my partner watches and we kind of figure out what we want to do it's such a good game and i hope that i would love to see it get like, remastered i know it just came out recently but the graphics are kind of like on the rougher side there's like very little like individuality in the character models but i love the story of it like it things got really weird like, every every time you play the game it's always a little different in terms of the story and things got super weird in my last run um and like it's so funny cuz like it, it does a really good job at making you want to make the good choice but man does the good choice seem to just always bite you in the butt like it just it actually ended up ruining my second playthrough the whole point of this game is to get across the border of your country to the other country to, to escape, and I got I got caught because I made the good choice, and I was so frustrated. <laughs> I was like, "Why did I do that? It's so stupid." Um, it's fun, but yeah, highly recommend Road ninety six. All these games, fantastic games. I'm excited to play Oberdin actually. I've always wanted to, and I never got to it. As well as Outer Wild.
1: Yeah, the, both of them are very good. Oberdin is also like a great game to play um, with your partner. Um, it is effectively a giant murder mystery game where you're trying to solve how everybody died. And it goes from 0 to 100 so fast. I I, I won't spoil anything, but I was playing when my partner first booted up. The very first, like, opening scene is, like, a captain was shot one of the other pirates. And you can kind of figure out there's some kind of mutiny going on. And so then you, like, figure out how all these people died in various ways, interesting ways. And then you find, like, a body hidden in a corner. Um, no, you find you find a, a body lying in a bed, and you go over, and what you do is you have this compass that lets you go back to the moment they died. So it plays the sound, the the audio, and then it just is the still image of how they died. And it's this beautiful, I mean, it's, it's, it uses this really wild, like, one-bit, um, like, old computer-style graphics, if you've seen it. And it's just, like, this incredible, wild scene that just, like, totally takes it from zero to 100 and just, like, flips what you thought the game was going to be on its head in such a cool way that... I just didn't appreciate how how much of a great twist that was of, of of an opening until I watched my partner play through it. But it's 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 it is a phenomenal game if you like just solving mysteries or solving puzzles or just like and, and keep in mind like just a trigger warning it there are some like gruesome sounds and some gruesome gore as like people are murdered and killed in all kinds of wild and strange ways. So if that's something that affects you like steer clear. But yeah. it is it is a phenomenal experience. It is the best mystery game I have ever played, and I, nothing has come out even close to it and I, I just want more of that experience so i'm like constantly asking my partner hey do you want to go play some more over dinner <laughs> even though i know everything that happens and how it all works out it's just so fun to 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 help somebody kind of solve all those mysteries and put those pieces together it's 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 phenomenal so i cannot cannot suggest it enough
0: that's cool i got that it sounds so good that's uh, very fun good good review Ryan. That was fantastic thanks. That was really good. yeah thanks Uh, We hope you enjoyed our last episode of the Street Fighter Part 3 Bedtime Story. It all wrapped up together really well. And I really actually put surprisingly a lot of effort into figuring out the history of the Street Fighter story, the canon, and not just kind of winging it like we do. Uh, And everything that was in the story is pretty accurate, so surprisingly. Um, So please don't think I'm lazy with the way I wrote it. (laughs) That's what I was afraid of. Some people get taken out pretty fast. Um... But that's just apparently how they get the story goes. So I hope that that's helping you fall asleep. Mario 64 is still raging on as the head star <laughs> us, which is crazy. Um, but as always, we would love to hear your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives by sending them to us at our email at talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are 3's. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. DM us comment on our posts, let us know what you think, and we will happily read those on the show. We will also send you a free Tales from the Cartridge sticker. Free of charge, like I said. Well, I mean, kind of. You are paying with a comment, but we'll take anything. So (laughs) sounds desperate. (laughs) We have stickers. Just give us comments. (laughs) But anyway, today's game is one that I surprisingly love so much. And that game is No More Heroes. Originally released on the Wii, and it's been released since on multiple platforms such as the Nintendo Switch, the Xbox 360 later on, uh, as well as PS3. The Xbox 360 and PS3 version was No More Heroes, Heroes Paradise, I think is what it was called, so it was a like kind of a re-release, remake kind of thing, or remaster. Uh, also came out on Amazon Luna, which didn't think was actually a thing, but here we are. And then uh, Windows. So it was originally released in Japan on December sixth, two thousand seven. North America in January twenty second, two thousand eight. Europe in March 14, thousand eight. And Australia, March twentieth, two thousand eight. That's a rough deal. Australia gets giant spiders, and they get games last. <laughs> Why does anyone live there? Um, <laughs> uh, developer was Grasshopper Manufacture. The publishers were for Japan Marvelous Entertainment. Uh, North America was Ubisoft, and it was published by Rising Star Games, and everywhere else. The director of the series was Goichi Suda, aka Suda51, as he's better known as. Uh, a lot of thoughts about Suda51, but we'll get into those in a little bit. But uh let's jump into the influences ryan i know i know i'm kind of throwing these at you That's i okay. i looked, i found these up but i thought maybe if you're okay uh if you want to start us off on the influences so I don't yeah i would love to <laughs> cool
1: the title came from a uk punk brand the stranglers 1997 album no more heroes um So that's like where the title comes from—is this album, which is really cool. The structure Mm of the United Assassin Association is based on the film *El Topo*, which featured a similar, albeit smaller, ranking system. Travis his antics are based on Johnny Knoxville of *Jackass*. That's fair. That makes (laughs) sense. Looks just like them too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wrestler Josh Barnett, who also served as the persona um, from which the Destroyer Man character was created. Contrary to popular belief, Travis's weapon, the Beam Katana, is not based on the laser star wars from the nineteen. 80s TV series Space Sheriff Gavin and the 1987 Spaceballs film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is based off Star Wars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Other characters' influence include Scarlett Johansson as uh, Sylvia, Charles Bronston as Dr. Peace, Jericho Tenura as Travis's mentor Thunder Ryu. The city of Santa Jose is based on San Diego, California although it's possibly mistaken. Suda implied that he used this version of San Diego shown in Dirty Harry, which takes place entirely in San Francisco, California. <laughs> no More Heroes Motel is inspired by a similar one from the movie Memento. Ooh, very cool.
0: So many influences in this yeah, game. Like dude. it's it's interesting if you click on each. So I, I, we got all these from Wikipedia. Heads up, just to, sh- to you know, shout out where we got these from. Um, but if you click on each link as to like the influences for each character, they look so similar. Like they're, the mannerisms, I think, are the same. Like it's very interesting how close these these people are all based on something or someone. Um, It's really cool. It's very very cool. It's very interesting that I think Suda51 I've heard has been compared to He's like the Quentin Tarantino of video games Which is kind of how outrageous and like just how many influences are in these games and it's just kind of out there But Ryan, what is your, if you have any, history or experience of No More Heroes?
1: So I don't have a ton of history with this game other than like you and I think one other friend of mine back in the day mentioning this game um when I came out on the Wii, but I, I know like some of the images from just existing in the world. Um I know some of the concepts from speaking with you, but I have no, you know, personal context or I've never played a No More Heroes game. Um I've heard about it, um, from various folks, both professional and personal, but yeah, no 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 personal experience at all other than just kind of seeing it in the world. What about you? Tell me more. It seems like you have a a history with this franchise as we've probably talked about before.
0: Yes, yeah, I am the one to pick this game today, so I apologize ahead of time, but it's, I don't know where I got the ambition to buy this game, because typically I do a lot of research, uh, I probably saw this and and I thought, yeah, this is, this looks great, I probably need something to play on the Wii, because there wasn't a whole lot of games out um, at the time, I think that I, I really wanted to play, so I got No More Heroes. And no more heroes straight up is a game that is very repetitive in the gameplay style that you know you're constantly kind of doing the same things over and over again in between these big boss fights so it's not like crazy gameplay but what makes it i was telling this to you right before, like, before we started that what makes the game so interesting is the characters the story is kind of very linear it's not really that super important though Maybe more so than i ever gave you credit for until i did the script for the game But it's the characters that make it so interesting because each character is so drastically different from the next. Like There's really no repetition in these characters. They're all very interesting. They're all very cool in their own unique ways. And they're not really around a whole lot. This is a game about our protagonist, Travis Touchdown, going up the assassin's rankings, which means he's killing and fighting these people. So, spoilers. But, you know, it's... It's very interesting. It's very fun. It's just kind of this crazy wacky story that makes really no sense, that kind of tries to make it seem like it's in real life in a way. Like, it's very kind of out there. But I love it. I, I really feel like I shouldn't. It's like that guilty pleasure show. Like, I know, like, I, I don't know if you were part of this, Ryan, but we have a good friend who I've talked to him before, like, in the past, we thought Teen Wolf was, like, our guilty pleasure show, right? Like, it was weird to like Teen Wolf, at least still liked it, low-key. And that's <laughs> what No More Heroes is for me, but I like, I, I like to just kind of tell people about it still. Like, No More Heroes is just so unique and so weird and so random. I played the first one again recently. I think I, I was talking about it on the podcast a while ago, and I just love it. Like, it's just crazy wacky out there. And I, and I love it. And actually, you know, I just beat the third one that just came out recently. It was a lot of fun, it was a lot of fun. I didn't end the way I wanted to, but it was a lot of fun and I enjoyed the journey. It, I you really can't go anywhere else with the story, I don't <laughs> think, they're, they're trying to, I think, but I don't think they'll ever do it, but we'll, you never know, so. I'm going on a tangent, but I'm really excited to do this script. It's a good story, it's it's fun, it's wacky, it's weird, and I think it's gonna kind of have a lot of fun discussion with it as well. But Ryan, you have anything uh, you want to say or add before we start?
1: No, I'm excited to, to jump in and, and join you in this wacky world.
0: It'll be, it'll be a good time. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of <laughs> a, a good like assassiny pun thing. I just got involved in this whole story. We start our tale of blood and death with our protagonist. He had been called many things: narcissistic, a monster, an otaku, cat lover. One thing was for certain Travis Touchdown was starting down a path of bloodshed and carnage that he would never be able to return from. I know a lot of gamers out there don't have much patience. At least that's what Bishop, the dude at the video game store, said. So I'm at the register and I realize I got no money. I was seriously broke. Why? Because I met the smoking hot babe last night at the deathmatch bar. Man, she smelled good. So, being the gentleman I am, I bought her a drink. Anywho, I decided to get a job. The gig. Assassinate the drifter. So I went where I was supposed to go and waited for the guy to show up. And there he was, this cat. Well dressed, cool. Couldn't tell if he was the shit or just plain old shit. Yeah, so he's styling fast, aggressive, and packing heat. Bought a bing, or at least I was supposed to be, till she showed up. Her name? Sylvia Crystal, an agent at this whatchamacallit association.
2: Congratulations. You are certified as the 11th best hitman. How about getting rid of the 10 killers above you and aim for the top?
0: I want to be number one. How's that? Short and simple enough for you? It's going to be a long, hard road, but who knows? Could kick ass. Could be dangerous. Could totally suck. Traveling down a long road, with the mansion closing in closer and closer, our protagonist, loser otaku Travis Touchdown, traveled closer and closer to his destination. He slammed his motorcycle, the Spelt Tiger, into the mansion's main gate. Two guards ran towards Travis as he jumped in the air and chopped off their heads as he landed. Fuckhead! Our protagonist assassin had spiked black hair and yellow tinted aviator glasses. He wore a simple red jacket and blue jeans. Travis walked towards an obviously terrified guard at the mansion's door. Yo. Help me out here. Where's this death metal dude? The guard was too terrified to speak. (laughs) Bad answer. Travis chopped the guard's head off and kicked the door in. (laughs) It's game time. Travis traveled throughout the mansion, slicing and slaying all the guards inside. Blood covered the mansion's walls. He made it to the only hallway he hadn't traveled down. Suddenly, his phone rang. It was her. The woman who starred Travis on this path of bloodshed. Hey Travis, your rank fight begins up ahead. Win and you'll be the 10th. Lose
1: and hell awaits. Are you up to this? Need a bathroom break? Whatever you need, do it now. Your opponent, some call him the Holy Sword. He is good, but I know you can take him. You are the man. I have the tiger. He only looks tough because his mother was an ugly bitch. Take it to the red zone. Unleash your power. Show no mercy. Bring me death metal's head. Enter when you're prepared to fight. I believe in you and your force. Now off to the Gardens
0: of Madness. Travis put his phone away and opened the door. It took him outside to find an older man relaxing in a reclining chair in luxury. In his hand was a red glass of wine. His skin had a gray hue that helped his fire red hair stand out even more so. His face had several metal studs pierced into it. The backyard was gorgeous, and the view of the ocean was spectacular. Quite beautiful, wouldn't you say? Paid for with the lives of many. When you have the strength to take life for yourself, that is true wealth. I am free of desire, so long as I have this scenery to look upon. I need nothing more. Please, leave me be. You're the one leaving. In a body bag. I'll only say this once more. Leave here now. Me? Leave? You obviously don't know me. You don't get it, do you? Hey, you know what paradise is, right? Paradise? This is paradise, the place where dreams are fulfilled. Well, you've had your dream, old man. Time to wake up. This is no paradise. All right, then what is it? Death Metal stood up from his chair as his jacket fell off, revealing his back tattoo. It consisted of a red demon that covered the entirety of his back. Paradise is a place to die. I'm glad you and I are on the same page. So naive. You have no idea, do you? What a pity. You make an old man cry. Arrogant, crude little shits like you come around here from time to time. Death Metal began to walk up the steps with Travis. Listen well, young one. The wall is high, higher than you could ever know. Death Metal drew his weapon, a beam katana, with a solid metal base. Ultimate sacrifice is sublime. Now draw. You can take that to your grave. The two assassins fought against one another. Travis had his own beam katana that one might describe as a saber of light. The two seemed evenly matched as Travis and Death Metal continued to fight. Becoming angry, Death Metal was able to use a technique to multiply himself, Three against one, but Travis could not be stopped. As he killed two of the clones, he turned towards the real death metal. As Travis dodged his attack and sliced off his arms, they flew up into the stone patio ceiling, still holding onto the beam katana. Ugh, extraordinary. The moment I've been waiting for. The name Holy Sword is now yours. <laughs> You're joking, right? I don't care about titles or power. I just want to be number one. The master of the ways of the assassin. Here's your ticket to paradise, old man. Travis cut Death Metal's head off. As he stared at what he had done, she approached from behind. Sylvia, the woman from the bar from the United Assassins Association. With her were Talbot and Weber, the cleaners.
2: Nice kill, Travis. I didn't think you had it in you. It was rather... exciting. Congratulations, you are now ranked 10th.
0: 10th, huh? What, do I get anything? Hmm,
2: how about some cash? That should help you pay the bills.
0: I'm not feeling the sense of accomplishment that I should here. So I just gotta do this a few more times, right?
2: If you so choose, yes.
0: And you'll keep your promise? There is nothing
2: the association cannot do.
0: And if I refuse?
2: As the 10th Reich Assassin, you are now a target for those who want to replace you, anytime, anywhere. The number 11 could be right
0: around the corner, ready to put a knife in your eye. So what you're telling me is I gotta continue fighting. There's no way out of this. You set me up, bitch! Quit your bitching
2: and get with the program. There's only one road out of here. No turning back.
0: Okay, how about this? If I become number one, will you do it with me?
2: Hmm, maybe.
0: Maybe not. Oh come on, just once?! We can stop there and talk. <laughs> okay, so discussion time. We, Travis has killed the 10th best assassin in the United Assassins Association. His main motivation is obviously clear now. He would like to have sexual intercourse with Sylvia. <laughs> Sylvia as a, uh, I forgot to put it in the script, but Sylvia is this kind of very pretty blonde, uh, as we said before, in our um, influence is kind of based on Scarlett Johansson. Um, so Travis is very infatuated with her. And so that's kind of his main motivation to become number one now is to is to be with Sylvia. Um, and I should have prefaced this as well in the beginning that, you know, I called Travis an otaku, and it's actually said a lot in the game. And otaku is kind of this like, the idea is this kind of loser who loves anime, not really going anywhere in life, kind of a shut-in. Um, he's constantly called that throughout the game, so I just want to make sure I said that and it made sense. Um... So Ryan, you kind of understand this is kind of what Normal Heroes is—crazy, <laughs> kind of rambling speech that you think makes sense, but probably really doesn't. Um, kind of crazy characters, all very like off the rocker. You know, like you kind of have to be to be an assassin in, in this in this game. So I'm curious what you're thinking so far, <laughs> or if you're doing this game with me. <laughs> no, not
1: at all. It certainly is a very—I mean, it's almost like. It, it it strikes like to me anyway a similar vein to like Borderlands, which is a little bit turned up a little bit a, a little mm-hmm. bit, kind of in some cases more extreme. It's it's further leaning into some of those really wild um, situations, and then like the characters at least like Travis as a character is is at this point like singular focused, um, but apparently he's very good at what he does somehow. Um, but singularly mm-hmm. focused. Um, in, in an interesting way yeah. I'm curious to see if there is more going on here, why Sylvia wanted Travis to do this, or if it's just because, you know, she, she can because mm. she seems she has the power in this situation seemingly, but yeah, and I'm, I'm curious to see what, what what the point of the assassins association why they want people to keep assassinating each other assassins, or if there's a purpose to that, or if it's if it's just because this person wants, wants to do so, and why Travis so i'm, I'm yeah. curious to see where all this is gonna go it, it is certainly very wacky and wild and weird but like you said it's it's it, it is it is like a theme of the of this experience that they are trying to encapsulate it, it is you just have to kind of lean into it and see how far they go i guess
0: yeah yeah and like it's interesting as like so I, I i took the the dialogue from the beginning of the game and it's kind of more of a visual thing you kind of have to see but like um it's implied that Travis, uh, you know, when he says, I took this gig, I killed the drifter. Like, he, he does the 11th best assassin that he, like, goes off to kill. Because Sylvia's like, you can do this crazy thing if you want to. So he goes and does it, and now he's a part of this this whole thing. He kind of feels motivated to accomplish. And now he has even more motivation because he thinks he can get with Sylvia. So it's uh, very crude and very, like, just... I, I would almost want to describe it as amalistic in a sense. And we're going to start getting into more of this territory that we see a lot in suda51 games where suda51 is this i think what his better qualities are he makes awesome characters that are very unique from each other they're just very interesting the only problem we find is that suda51 kind of has this over sexualized way of just putting he just puts over sexualized themes or, or ideas in these games that really aren't like super necessary i don't think that this whole thing of travis isn't like that's like it's stupid for sure, but like it's not like that wacky. But it's just kind of how these characters look at times or how they act. Uh, I'm glad that there's female assassins, but I think they could have been done a lot better. Um, we'll kind of get into that more as we go through the story. So, but just to kind of put that in your mind, I think it's I'm very curious how other people feel about Studio 51. Um, I tried playing a game by him, I forget what it's called now, I wish I remembered. Um, not Killer Seven, I'll look up it later. And I just I couldn't finish it because it was, it was so over-sexualized and kind of cringy. It just, like... And plus, it made absolutely no sense. But, like, it's just weird. So... But I'm curious what people think. We'll keep kind of that mindset in the game. I'm curious, what, you know, people decide at the end if, if they agree or not or if they played it, so... But we continue. On to the ninth assassin. After becoming the 10th in the UAA, Travis returned to his motel room at the No More Heroes Motel. After going number two... You know what I mean. He left his motel room and found a limo waiting outside. Travis had a hunch it was for him. He opened the door and entered. Sylvia waited inside.
2: next fight has been arranged. You don't have a lot of time, so I'll just tell you what you need to know. The ninth rank assassin is currently Dr. Peace. A doctor? Actually, a detective. A dirty and unscrupulous detective with plenty of dark secrets about him. Illegal investigations, illicit sales, black marketing. He is your one-stop shop for marketing illegal goods. And on top of that, he is a trained assassin. He's been doing some work for the Mafia. And before you know it, he's up there ranked ninth on the list. To be frank, he's good. You don't stand a chance against him. You're as good as dead. So what's it going to be, cowboy? Put me in, coach. All right. Please trade the 150000 LB dollar.
0: What? 150 LBs?
2: Your entry fee. My overhead costs. Don't tell me that you weren't expecting so many zeros in that price, or that I'm ripping you off for some shit. We have a Leaf staff in the thousands. Personally, I think it's a bargain.
0: Okay, I gotcha. But you really think I got that kind of dough on me? What the hell am I supposed to do?
2: You're supposed to do your job. You've been hired to kill someone, so just do it and quit your whining. Plus, on the job trading would be good for you. I can introduce you to an agent, an advertisement agency, but really, they're erasers. I'll tell you where it is later. I'm running late for my facial. Catch up later, okay?
0: Sylvia leaned back in her seat. What? She kicked Travis out of the limo and onto the sidewalk. He spent his free time doing odd jobs and collecting LBs to pay the entrance fee. He returned to his motel and checked his telephone for new messages.
2: Hey, Travis. The next fight has been prepared. Destroy Stadium. Dr. Peace is waiting for you. Hop to it.
0: Travis rode to the Destroy Stadium and entered inside. Numerous assassins dressed in baseball gear attacked Travis, but he had no problem killing them all. As he made it to the hall leading to the baseball field, his cell phone rang.
2: Travis, hello? The moment you step into that field, the fight begins. If you win, you'll be ranked ninth. If you lose, well, there's no need to get into that. need to pop a breath mint, hit the restroom, brush your teeth, when you're ready to step inside. To be honest, your chances of survival are slim, but trust your force and head the madness.
0: Travis entered out into the baseball field to find an older man on the pitcher's mound. He wore a gray western outfit with a golden six-shooter on his right hip. He had a prominent handlebar mustache above his lip. He had a microphone as he sang with all of his heart. After he finished his song, Travis clapped for him.
1: Thank you. Mighty kind. Mighty kind of you.
0: Nice set of pipes you got there, old man.
1: It has always been my dream to perform in a stadium such as this. A gentleman from the association told me I could have any stage I wanted today. How could I
0: refuse such a kind offer? Courtesy of my entry fee, no doubt.
1: My ex-wife called me the other day. I met my daughter for the first time in ten years. We dined in a fancy restaurant. One of those that are impossible to get reservation. And then afterwards, karaoke.
0: Who got you that reservation?
1: The association took care of it, of course.
0: Fuck my entry fee.
1: What's important is not the fact that the reservations are hard to get. In fact, no one gets reservations. The word reservations only apply to those outside of the circle. It's getting to that circle that matters.
0: And the food? Good?
1: Unfortunately, the atmosphere was a facade. Not only did my own daughter look me in the eye. Oh, the food? Tastes like blood.
0: You're a junkie for blood, old man.
1: Sadly, I can't disagree. There is only one way to live. People like us were sharks, attracted to blood. You smelled the blood too, didn't you? Isn't that why you're here?
0: You got it, old man. And for some reason, I feel the sense of euphoria.
1: Don't die on me too quickly. I want to gorge myself on the sense of fulfillment till I vomit.
0: Man, this is what I live for. Fighting your own kind, nothing's more gratifying. See you on the other side. Dr. Peace pulled his six-shooter out and fired off a bullet. Travis tried to block the bullet with his bean katana, but the bullet exploded on impact, causing him to crash into the wall behind him. Travis pulled himself out of the wall and charged at Dr. Peace. The two fought as the good doctor fired numerous bullets at Travis. The newly appointed 10th-ranked assassin was able to block all the bullets sent at him. Travis closed the gap between him and Dr. Peace.
1: Don't kid yourself.
0: Playtime is over! Travis was able to strike first. Dr. Peace knelt down, blood began to shoot out of his stomach. Travis picked up the microphone and held it to Dr. Peace.
1: Next song I sing, I know my daughter will love it, won't you darling? better practice my rap. Rap with me, Jennifer.
0: Dr. Peace fell over, dead. It's open mic night in hell, old man. Sing all you want down there. Like with the first fight, Sylvia walked in with Talbot and Weber the two cleaners began to clean up Travis's mess.
1: Congratulations, you are now ranked number nine.
0: (laughs) What'd you expect?
1: Wait a minute, are you getting a little sentimental? Still green, aren't you? You know this is only the beginning.
0: Call me when the next one's arranged.
1: Game set.
0: After becoming the ninth-ranked assassin, Travis was informed of his next fight. He collected his fee payment and deposited it into the UAA account. Sylvia called Travis in his motel room. Travis? Yeah?
1: The next fight has been set.
0: Wait, wait a second. Why the hell are you telling me this over the phone?
1: Why? Because I cannot decide what to wear to the association's party tonight. Big shots from across the nation will be there. This is serious business. So serious, I'm going to spray perfume in every square inch of my body.
0: (laughs) Yeah, whatever.
1: Right, right. Your next opponent. Head for the school.
0: To school? And then what?
1: Just go. You know what
0: I'm talking about. I think. What do you mean I think? You know you really suck at your job. Wait, sorry, let me say again. What do you mean you think? You know you really suck at your job.
1: Life is more important than some job. That's why I'm busy shopping right now. You, on the other hand, are busy killing people because that is all you will ever do. What? Am I wrong?
0: Well, I guess not. Alright then. Travis left the motel and arrived at the local Santa Destroy High School. The school was silent and eerie as Travis fought his way through, more assassins waiting for him inside. As he made to the room, holding the next-ranked assassin, he got a phone call from Sylvia.
2: Hey Travis, your next-ranked fight begins the moment you step into that room. Win, you rise to eighth in rank. Lose, and an even deeper circle of hell awaits. Wiped away your tears, hit the can pick the tartar off your teeth. When you're ready, step inside. I highly doubt you'll survive this fight, but hey, there's only one way to find out, right? Give it your best shot. I'm 100% certain you're returning from this battle. Travis, in a body bag. But trust your force and head for the Gardens of Madness.
0: Travis put his phone away and opened the door. He found high school girls inside. One in particular stood out. Her dark skin and wild white hair immediately drew Travis's attention. She looked over at him. A rankings fight? Yeah. How about it? All right. Will you give me a minute? Wait for me in the hallway. Right. Travis closed the door. A moment later, a slashing sound could be heard. She stepped out from the classroom. No other life was in the room that she had just left. Mind if we do this somewhere else? (laughs) You're the boss. Her name was Shinobu, and she led Travis to the school's gymnasium. As they walked, Travis looked at her. She was young, had to be a teenager. She wore a high school uniform consisting of a white button-up short-sleeved shirt, a light and dark purple checker print skirt, black leggings, and a long purple scarf. In her hand was a traditional Japanese katana. Shinobu began to talk. Stop checking me out like that. You killed them. (laughs) Such a gentleman. Are you asking out of tactical curiosity? Or are you just fucking with me? Bet they didn't offer much resistance. You got a problem with that? You got no idea how hard it is to hide your true self around here. Yeah. I'm not accusing anybody. They enter into the school's gymnasium. A real gentleman. I just turned my back and you didn't strike. You are fucking with me. It's actually pretty hard to take cheap shots when your enemy is as bloodthirsty as you. People like us think alike, don't we? Shall we? Travis grabbed his bean katana. You'll pay with your life. At last I have my chance. I will avenge my father. Something tells me you watch too many Samurai movies, little girl. Travis and Shinobu began to fight. She was quick and nimble. Travis looked like a newborn doe compared to her, but he was able to keep up. The two continued to fight as Travis began to get the upper hand. He was able to go on the offensive, slicing Shinobu's right arm clean off. She fell to the ground, holding her arm. What are you waiting for? Finish me! (laughs) Finish you. Don't look at me like that. Don't. I think there's been some kind of misunderstanding. I've never fought your father. Liar, you killed him. You sliced him in two, you sick bastard. Shinobu jumped, trying to kick Travis, but he pulled her in close to him. Whoa, whoa. Calm down a little. Travis took Shinobu and threw her backwards behind him, like a pro-luchador. Jacobs was a mentor. I'd never kill him. Liar! I watched Master Jacobs' teachings on video over and over till the fucking tape wore out. We've never met in person. Fine. Kill me. I'll admit it. I lost. Just do it. How about kill yourself after you kill me? Sounds like a bit straight out of a samurai movie, don't it? Shut up. Shut up and kill me already. You've already dishonored me enough. Do it yourself. I'll fight you anytime, anywhere. Until then, I'll be waiting. Travis walked away from Shinobu as Sylvia was waiting with Talbot and Weber.
2: Another victory, Travis. You're now ranked.
0: You coulda kill her?
2: Probably not. She's still young. But I have to follow the association's rules. Of then court. let her live. Are we suddenly in love, Travis?
0: <laughs> Hell no.
2: Then why take the risk of her coming back for revenge? In this business, there's no such thing as mercy.
0: Kill when you can kill. That's bullshit. All I want to do is fight someone better than me. She'll grow up. Why not kill her when she's stronger? Yeah, then I'll kill her. You are sick. So are you. Travis left the high school as Shinobu sat on the floor. Talbot and Weber cleaned her blood off the gymnasium floors and walls. Alright, discussion time. Travis is now the 8th ranked assassin. Again, this game is really repetitive, right? The in betweens between the boss fights are the same kind of thing. You're either doing kind of odd jobs like mowing the grass, or you're killing, like doing like small like killing like missions over and over and over again. Uh, but, right, I'm curious what your thoughts are on the story so far. What do you think about Travis and what your favorite assassin has been so far? Three questions, all in one go. Three questions.
1: Um, <laughs> what I think the story so far—it's interesting. There is certainly some some nuance that's being kind of shaken out as as they're kind of going through this experience. This the whole. Jacob thing with um, Shinobu, Shinobi, Shinobu, Shinobu. Shinobu, Shinobu. yeah, Shinobu. yeah. Um, Doctor Peace, that was like really interesting with his the his, they're like humanizing him a little bit with his daughter, but then 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 killing him. So that's that's, that's really interesting. Um, as far as my favorite assassination so far, I thought the Shinobu fight seemed really cool, um, and I did like that like she walked away alive and he's like letting her get stronger. It almost seems that then, now it's more important to him, or right? it's starting to become, not necessarily he's fighting just because he wants to sleep with Sylvie, but also he just wants a really good fight. He's like in that mm-hmm. trope of, I'm just here to fight the best of the best I can to show that I'm the best, um, which I think is really interesting and I think adds more to Travis's character and makes him more complex and interesting. What was the third question? Was that, was that all? Oh, uh, what do you think of Travis? I mean, it's interesting, right? Like he, this, this last Shinobu encounter makes me made me like him a little bit more because again there's this more complexity to him than I'm just doing this because I want to sleep with this person it's now turning into he's enjoying this, he's good at this and he wants to get better and I'm really curious about this Master Jacobs is this like a, a assassin training video that he watched over and over that it's implying or is it never going to detail
0: no, I think it, what it is is uh Travis is much I, I couldn't get too much into it in the, the script, but like Travis is very influenced by like wrestling and things like that okay. and like sword techniques. So I think that the what they're implying is that like Master Jacobs was like this like sword expert that he probably watched the tape too and which is why he's probably good with a beam katana. Right, gotcha. And that's something that you see a lot with no more heroes is that they don't really hold your hand with all this like exposition and extra stuff. Like it's kind of implied that Dr. Peace killed his daughter, his she couldn't even look him in the eye from the, like, from what he was saying, or you know that that Master Jacobs was Schnob's dad, and she for whatever reason like thinks Travis killed him. Yeah. Like it's never go and you never get into that as to like why she thought this, but she just instantly thought he's the one that killed my dad. Like, two fifty one just puts all these random, crazy, just like the things in the story, just like <gasps> right in your face. You're not ready for it. and You kind of piece it together as you go. Yeah. Um, but that is kind of what makes playing through the game again fun as you kind of get these little eggs. like i didn't realize that dr peace killed his daughter the first time i played the game until i like, really listened to him talk and i'm like okay that's why the food tasted like blood he killed her like at this restaurant like it was like really heavy stuff like this is the daughter he didn't really talk to and then he just kills her like that's it kind of goes into their character too like this is not someone you really can sympathize with like just because he's just so out there yeah. so but shinobu's young and she's trying to get revenge for her father totally opposites in a sense of what's you know, between Dr. Peace and Shinobi that, and now I'm just kind of putting together like how different they are by how bloodthirsty they, they're very similar in that sense. So yeah, very cool. I just, yeah.
1: And that first assassin too, um, heavy metal, was that his name?
0: Death metal. Death Death metal.
1: Yeah. He like was at a place where he was like, I'm, I'm good where I am. I don't want to go any higher. I just want to stagnate. I am happy. At least that's kind of what I was reading into there. I, yeah, yeah, I, you're totally I, right. I don't want to shake things up. Just please leave me alone. I'm, I don't want. I don't want to do this. I'm, I've gotten a place where I can live peacefully and happily. Um, and Travis again was like, "Well, this is important to me, so I have to kill you." Um, so yeah, we have so many interesting characters, and all these assassins have and only three so far have very different motivations and what they're doing and why they're there, which is really interesting.
0: Yeah, it's fun, and it only gets crazier, so (laughs) hang on. (laughs) So yeah, so Travis is number eight in the the UAA rankings, the United Assassins Association rankings. Um, And now we'll see where he goes from here. Like before, Travis collected his payment for the UAA, mowing lawns, and taking random assassination jobs. He paid his fee, as Sylvia called him. She called from a place that looked like a beach, which is under attack.
2: Travis, can you hear me? It's crazy. Right here. No time to explain. I'll send the details over snail mail. Gotta run.
0: What the hell is going on over there? Travis quickly got his letter, He's pushed underneath his door and read it.
2: Dear Travis, the next ranker is one dangerous dude. But there is no going home now. You've set foot on a path, a real man. No amount of tears can wash that choice away. Now hurry to the subway. Get on a train and find him waiting.
1: Put your life on the line.
0: A ticket for the subway was found in the letter. Travis travelled through the Santa Destroy subway, killing assassins as he arrived at a movie recording studio. Before he entered, his cell phone rang.
2: Hey Travis, your next rank battle is an studio win and you'll be seventh lose, and you'll drop down an even deeper circle of hell. So how are you feeling, Travis? Your head a little feeling better? Relieved yourself lately? Maintaining proper oral hygiene? When you're ready, step inside. Some people say it's important to know when to give up. That you shouldn't aim for things that are obviously beyond your grasp. But ignore idiots like that. Don't accept defeat before your first punch has been thrown. Hello? Anybody home? Did you even hear anything I said? You call yourself an assassin. This is why third-rate's like you are hopeless. I'm 120% certain you're going to die. All you can do is trust your force and head for the Gardens of Madness.
0: Travis put his phone away and entered a blood spattered studio. Oh, man. Ahead, he found a person who stood in the middle of the studio. He was a Caucasian male dressed in a mill carrier's uniform. He turned to Travis with a smile on his face. Hi. Oh, I thought I wouldn't make you here on time. I had to take care of some customers that filed complaints my apologies. So much to do with so little help. I can't stand people with all their nonsense complaints. They think they can just say anything. That's crazy. But anyway, I'm here. I made it on time. That's the important thing, right? I take it you're number eight. You? You're ranked? No, not me. Well, actually, it is me. (laughs) That makes sense. Never mind, then. We've got a job to do, but first, I need some time to get ready. Would you please... Would you mind turning the other way? I need some privacy. Privacy? Yes, I need to prepare. Whatever. Don't mind me. Pretend that not even here. I just need you to look the other way for a second. A second? Yes. Just a split second. I don't think it's too much to ask. Do you? Then we can get on with our fight. That is correct. Alright. Travis turned around as a sudden laser came out of nowhere. He barely dodged it as he looked back at his opponent, dressed in his assassination gear. He was the assassin known as Destroy Man. His superhero outfit was skin-tight, besides his arm gauntlets, boots, helmet, and pelvic cover. The majority of his clothing was red, white, and blue. His white cape rested peacefully on his back. Ah, damn it! Whoa, that was close. For a second there, I forgot that you were a killer. <laughs> Sorry if I scared you. I didn't mean to do that. There's something wrong with me today. (laughs) I let my guard down. Getting sloppy. Gotta stay on my toes. Travis turned on his beam katana and ran towards Destroy Man as the heroic assassin held up his right hand in a motion to stop. Do you mind if I ask you something? Yeah, what is it, Mr. Cosplay? We're both assassins, right? Why do we have to kill each other anyway? If you ask me, it's absolutely meaningless. It's about determining who's best. That's what it's about. Can't argue with that. (laughs) Well then, let's get started. Destroy Man extended his right hand to shake Travis's hand. What? You want to shake hands? We're both fighters, aren't we? Not killers, at least for now. This is a sign of sportsmanship, that we respect each other before and after the fight. Good luck. Travis thinks for a moment and decides to go along with it. The two assassins shake hands. (laughs) Likewise, a sinister grin grew on Destroy Man's face. (laughs) Destroy Spark. Electricity sprang out of Destroy Man's hand as he electrocuted Travis. The otaku screamed out in pain as Destroy Man laughed maniacally. oh this is great is this guy an idiot or what is this a joke you fell for the oldest trick in the book oh man you are something this is the best man you you really crack me up i think this laughter is gonna kill me seriously oh, i think i might really die from laughter it hurts someone help! oh god oh shit oh my god i thought i was gonna die there For real. And look at you. You look like you're dead. I guess it's time for a wake-up call. Destroy Man used his Destroy Blast, a slam of his fist into the ground which sent Travis flying upwards. Destroy Beam was next. Lasers shot out of the side of his head, blasting Travis into the studio's walls and springing him back to the ground. This is where it gets good. Good night. A blue charge built up around Destroy Man's crotch. He unleashed his Destroy Buster, a large blue laser, on Travis seemingly ending the assassin's life. But as the smoke cleared, Travis stood back up. Wow, that was quite a move. I'll admit you've got potential. If Challenge had a taste, you'd be quite delicious. A fight for Seventh? Yeah, sure. Bring it on. I love a Challenge. Destroy Man laughed. <laughs> You're as good as dead. Travis and the evil superhero Destroy Man fought one another in the studio. Lasers and beam katanas clashed as the two assassins aimed to kill one another. Suspending himself from a wire, Destroy Man soared through the studio until Travis destroyed the lever of the suspension mechanism, sending Destroy Man back to the ground. As the assassin stood back up, a beam katana ran through him from behind and extended out of his chest. Blood began to spray out. Ugh! Don't cry like that. You're a killer, aren't you? Help, help. What? I can't hear you. Please help me, please. What is this I hear from the seventh-ranked killer? Whatever. It's over anyway. Please help me. There you go. Travis pulled the beam katana out of Destroy Man's chest as the evil superhero smiled maliciously again. He turned as machine gun bullets shot forth from his nipple gun. Travis. Knowing Destroy Man's tricks, cut the assassin perfectly in half. As the two sides of Destroy Man fell to the floor, Sylvia walked up to Travis. Talbot and Weber began to clean the bloody mess Travis left of his foe.
2: Travis, I'm starting to think you might be for real. You are now seventh in rank.
0: Hey, when I hit number one, you better be looking your best.
2: No need to pretty up. I want you to see me for who I really am.
0: What, seriously? Damn. Thank you, storygoers, for listening to part one of No More Heroes. Part two will be out in the coming week. We hope you enjoyed part one. And if you did, then hopefully you'll be excited by part two. goes without saying. I don't know why I had to say that. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.